Hi, everybody, and um, welcome to Dublin Tech Talks. It's Gavin Fox here. Uh, on today's show, we have Joe Lennon, who is CTO co-founder at WorkVivo. Uh, WorkVivo is a Cork-based business uh, that is a, an employee communication platform that is used by organizations to incite, engage, and connect with their entire um, companies. Uh, it's based on the social network uh, premise, um, and it's based in a kind of a work environment focused on the work community. Um, another good part of it, it also provides managers with actionable data to understand their employees more, to improve retention, engagement, and um, general communication within an organization. Uh, recently went through Series A funding back in May 2020. So it's going to be an interesting uh, story about Joe's story, his journey, and where WorkVivo are now and, and how they've grown. Hope you enjoy. And Joe Lennon, CTO, co-founder of WorkVivo. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Gavin. Delighted to be on the show. So WorkVivo, employee communication, making everybody excited, engaged, and communicated within their company. Um, do you want to give a bit of background about who WorkVivo are, what you're trying to do, uh, and we can go from there? And who yeah. you obviously, as well. Sure, sure, Gavin. So, um, so yeah, just starting off with WorkVivo. WorkVivo is uh, it's an employee communication software platform um, that's been designed to build natural and, and meaningful bonds between teams and allowing companies essentially to reach and engage their employees in ways that traditional software tools simply can't. Um, so you can think of it as your intranet, your comms tool, and your employee app all blended into one familiar social experience um, that people will naturally embrace offering companies um, the oversight that they need uh, while giving employees the freedom and flexibility that they desire. So that's essentially what uh, we, we try to do. Um, my own my, my own background, I'm, I'm the chief technology officer and, uh, and co-founder of the company. Um, started it back in 2017 uh, with my co-founder, John Goulding. Myself and John worked for many years together uh, in a company called Core HR, uh, an enterprise payroll and HR software company based on Cork. Um, I left that company back in 2014 after about seven years, uh, went on to take on um, a CTO role with a company called Versa, a startup company in Cork. Uh, I then went on to start my own first company, uh, Subwoofer, which was a music tech startup, which um, I often refer to as my uh, career midlife crisis but we can get into that i'm sure uh, <laughs> later if you like um and yeah after after uh, things didn't quite pan out as, as as i would have hoped i suppose with subwoofer um i naively thought i was going to save the music business even though i had no experience in it myself um and uh but but after that uh, john had had continued on his career at core hr he was he was chief operating officer there while i um while i was at the company he went on to take the ceo role um after i left and ultimately guided them through the uh, to acquisition and um, so they were acquired the, the company's actually been acquired twice over the past yeah. five years um so then john subsequently was left the company um and we caught up for a coffee both of us were in you know very different places um john just on the back of an exit and a pretty grueling 12 months of uh private equity coming in and taking over um and uh i was on the back of a failed startup so suffice to say neither of us really had huge appetites for starting a company at that time when we were going having a cup of coffee but um we've always had a really strong rapport and you know like by the end of that kind of hour-long conversation i think the the seeds were firmly planted that we were going to go and do something together so that's kind of how how things started um i'm a software engineer i'm a product guy um techie through and through total and utter geek um and uh and then you know it's 
we have we have a good founding dynamic between myself and John in the company and that John's very much a you know he's a people person he's a customer facing you know great at sales great at networking and uh, you know between the two of us I think we we had the ingredients that we needed to start a good company and and thankfully it's kicked on and you know we're we're doing okay so um yeah yeah no it's a, it's a great story the the employee engagement world at the moment is it's um you know i i've, I've seen it over the last number of years about suddenly companies caring more about their employees realizing the value of employees um was that something you noticed obviously core hr is a you know it's not the product but it's a you know it deals with hr issues on payroll and everything that goes with it so was it something you had just kind of been thinking about or was it just the the conversation over the coffee you went oh right there's actually a a business here and, and let's go for it yeah it's funny so there's, there's, i suppose there's kind of two two aspects to to the story behind this was how we started with mm. you know employee engagement and that particular challenge i think like the first thing is that when we actually did decide to start a company we didn't actually have we didn't start with an idea we just started with the premise of starting a company um and the only thing that we knew was that we felt that between the two of us we could probably make a pretty good stab at at, at a successful software company but so when we went in we we like we didn't have a product or you know a, a general idea of what we were going to build but we did know like some things like we knew we wanted it to not be a music tech startup. Um, <laughs> we, um, we 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 also knew we didn't want it to be a payroll startup um, because we we lived that lived and breathed yeah. that world for long enough. Um, but um, but no, there was there was there was other kind of basic things like we knew it would be a software company. We knew it would be in a general kind of HR or people space, um, so that we could leverage our our background, our experience, our network um, to to help us get off the ground. Um, and we knew it would be a SaaS company, you know, there was all these kind of basic, you know, core things that we knew we would follow in, um, in starting the company. Um, so the, the idea then came later. Now, that being said, I think, you know, we, 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 we did explore a couple of different options and a couple of different product ideas and so on. You know, we took a few to proof of concept. Um, we even signed up customers for one of them, um, and then later went back and told that customer that, Hey, we're not actually going to do that anymore. Um, Sorry about that. Yeah. this other product <laughs> instead. Um, and funnily enough, they went on and did that. Right. So it's, um, so yeah, uh, the, the, like the engagement piece though, really did stem from our experience, um, you know, building core HR and like really like what we witnessed during our time there, I guess, was like over the over the course of like between 2007 and 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 2015 in particular there was there was kind of almost you know a number of different waves like in the hr space you kind of had Mm -hmm. the like back in 07 it was all about performance management and you know like getting the most out of your high performers and your high potential um stars and all of that kind of thing um and then it, it kind of moved on more to kind of like the era of talent management and um and you know a, a kind of a, a stronger emphasis on recruitment software and talent and talent software in general um but you know i think as we like certainly after i left and after, as john was finishing up you know there was definitely a sense that you know the whole thing had kind of almost come full circle and it was like it wasn't really like about performance management of employees it was more about a, like performance management of the employer like how are how how are you as a company um to work for you know are people engaged do they connect with the company and the company's values and what the company's mission is um and you know these were all things that we saw um, a huge opportunity in the like there was there was no question like even when we started the company employee engagement was like it was a it was a hot space it was it was a space where people were really starting to focus a lot of energy on 
you, you I think you can always tell these things by you know when you talk to somebody in a, in a large organization and they have a job title you know that was previously maybe HR manager and now is employee engagement manager yeah. and that there's a there's kind of a strong focus on it so so really what we what we we spent I suppose the earliest months of our existence doing was um exploring like the market for software in in the employee engagement space we found that there was like there was a number of different tools that you know somebody working in 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 HR or in, or in in engagement specifically had at their disposal like pulse surveys and um and analytics and some other tools um like that uh, but there was really like nothing that felt it would actually help you move the needle um in terms of creating a more engaging workplace um in a in a digital world right mm. so um so that's really where we focused our our efforts um early on and I suppose one of the things that we found was really connecting with um any anyone that we talked to about what we were trying to achieve um was focusing on organizational goals and values um and the connection between the people working in the company and those organizational goals and values which often in in, in many cases there's just a complete disconnect there and often even a lack of awareness of what those might even be yeah never mind how every every six months they're they're, they're sent out an email and said do you not remember the six we agreed two years ago Exactly. I mean, I, I know John used to even give the example of, you know, he would do a town hall um, session, you know, as CEO of Core HR, and he'd stand up and he'd, you know, talk about the company's goals and values. And, you know, he, he used to say, you could probably, you know, two weeks later, go and ask a random person. And it's like, there's probably a, you know, three out of yeah. 10 chance that they'd actually be able to, to, to spell them back to you, right? So, um, so no, and I think like, what we really saw was that people like, need to feel connected to them by actually feeling like they live and breathe them in what they do um you know in in, in their work um so we really kind of took that focus from the very start in terms of trying to um bridge the gap between people and and, yeah. and, the, and the goals and values um and ultimately what we ended up building i mean it's funny i mean today we probably don't really refer to ourselves as an employee engagement platform we we, we probably would say we're an employee communication platform and i think that really just kind of came out of like that journey in terms of when when we looked at what was missing and you know how do we actually connect those two dots um you know where we saw the gap was around communication um you know and you know we've certainly seen over the last i think you know 15 16 months particularly with the pandemic and so on you know that there's a lot of different types of communication in an organization um you know we very much saw the kind of synchronous real-time um communication tooling as being pretty much a solved problem with tools like Zoom and yeah. Slack and Microsoft Teams and so on. Um, but we felt there was a real gap in in the asynchronous um, messaging. So things like the, you know, the bigger company message that needs to live a little bit longer and carry a little bit further across the organization. Um, you know, I think everybody's familiar with being in a Slack channel and it just being, you know, being bombarded with messages yeah. in real time. And, and you know, there's nothing that kind of sticks or, or, or stays as a lasting message. So, you know, that's that's kind of where we slotted it in. And um, and yeah, we're, we're we're kind of gone from there. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting journey from from there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, what, what I've seen from it, 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 one of the bits I like and just even looking at it, 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 it looks and feels like something you'd use in a daily manner. And that that was I don't know if that was purposely done. I'm guessing so by somebody in product going, yeah, you, that I did that. But um, yeah, it just looked and felt like it was a tool that like a Twitter, Facebook type stream, you know, it, it is, do you think that's one of the core features of it, that it's it's not something different and people feel like it's just a, a normal part of the day, let's, you know, let's check yeah. out what's going on. 
Def- definitely. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was it was definitely very deliberate that it would feel very familiar to people. Um, so, you know, I think, look, we'd, we'd seen from the payroll and, and, and the HR world that, you know, the, 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 the market is like littered with platforms that are very difficult and clunky to use and that require training and onboarding and mm. all of this kind of thing. And, you know, we felt that, you know, if you're going to create a platform that's going to help with engagement, like, you know, you you can't need a training manual, right? So if 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 you need a training manual, you've lost, right? Yeah, it's, it's not going to work. So, so no, it was very deliberate to 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 make sure that it felt like a familiar experience, and it's also very close to how people interact with the tools that they use outside of work. So, yeah. you know, people are used to scrolling through a newsfeed; they're used to digesting content in kind of bite-sized chunks um, and going in at a time that suits them, rather than you know it always being like direct and in your face and and sometimes on on terms that maybe don't suit you so it um so no that was very deliberate and i think like the the other thing um that has been like that that i suppose the other reason that that's been really important is i guess the nature of the platform is that because it involves like employees like and and they're the core user of the platform it 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 is very different to you know another software platform that's delivered to a company in that mm. every user every sorry every employee in the organization is a user of the platform yeah um, so you know when we roll out to a company it's like it's not it's not rolling it out to a small team within the company it's rolling it out to the entire business and you know because of that like it's really important that everybody can use it um regardless of their background or their technical skill level or anything like that and they can use it on any device that they that they might have so um so yeah so no that was that that absolutely been very deliberate i, th- I think actually the the other, the other thing i'd say on it was that i guess like a lot of that came out of some of the earliest work we did with like you know our, our pilot customers that we would have signed up before we even launched the business to yeah. the market officially um so you know we like I, I was actually looking at some screenshots recently from like prototypes that we would have built in in late 2017 and uh that we would have presented to to, to these pilot customers and actually got them hooked on um and it's amazing to see just how different the platform is today um to, to to that but if you judge it compared to where we were kind of in early 2018 you can really see you know the the correlation between you know following on from that pilot period where we worked really closely with those first pilot users to, to establish what will actually work what will what will people want to use and how will they want to engage with it and and that's had a massive impact in terms of direction of the product from 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 then on it, it's interesting I, I was listening to a couple of things i read a, a bit on it around the ecosystem that you use to develop the product and it, it it's something that strikes you when you speak to a lot of businesses from cork it is that very much a an ecosystem within an ecosystem where everybody does help each other and it's it's listening to the businesses the six or seven businesses that you engaged with that must give like a lot of heart or a lot of solace for, for people who are trying to do something themselves within cork to say you know this is being done locally and let's keep going is that something that's fueling cork at the moment because it's 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 thriving if you, if you look where businesses are growing there's some really good startups coming from there and businesses that are well established and it's a, it's, it's it's a really good hotbed for tech yeah no definitely i i think you know there's there's like as a, as a corkman i of course love speaking about cork um and <laughs> only in a positive light of course um but uh no i i i do think there's there's, there's probably a couple of things that really kind of jump out for me i suppose firstly like 
even though Cork is the second largest city in the in the country, it's in the it's world, actually, no? Yeah, in the, yeah, well, it's the most well, it's the it's the most important city in the world, uh, Gavin. But uh, no, the um, it, it's still pretty small, like you know, yeah. and especially in in terms of the city center. And I think you know that like there's definitely you know that that feeling that you know you you know of or are aware of like pretty much everybody in the game right so yeah. and it's and and everybody is genuinely you know in it to help each other and to 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 you know rooting for each other as well so you know like you know one of our customers would be you know zeit um or formerly known as scraping hub a you know oh, yeah. really great success story from cork um you know that's built over the last 10 years or so and shane evans and his team they're phenomenal and uh and you know shane is is always on to us providing like really invaluable feedback about how they're using the product and not like not in a way where he's like you know trying to say oh i wish it did x y or z which which you'll often get from from you know a customer saying that they want specific features or they want it to work a certain way shane is really looking from it at it from a lens of how can i help the guys like how can i give them some insight that might actually help them to 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 do something you know and it's and it and it's really powerful for sure um but yeah it's it's definitely a close community i think the the other thing um is that in spite of our size i guess we do have like a very very mature um ecosystem of technology companies here and like i i'm i speak mainly about like multinationals and 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 large corporations right so i mean obviously we have the rich history with apple down here dell emc um but you know also kind of more recently a huge influx of um cybersecurity um and infosec companies um which which is definitely fueled like and a growth of like in, in people moving to Cork and and actually starting careers here and and move or, or, or joining companies here, um, which has created like a you know a, a pretty great talent pool actually for yeah. um for, for companies like us to to then dip in and 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 whisk away when they've uh, when they've uh, tired out of working in a larger company, right? So <laughs> you don't want to be on six p.m. calls anymore, seven p.m. calls. Come work local. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's um, I was I was in Cork first time for a while about two years ago, and just around the city, and um, the buzz it was it was really good. It was um, it, it was it was something because the last time I was there was about five years ago. We one of my my former businesses having actually had a, an office there beside in in one of the business parks, and I hadn't really been around, and it was it was just felt a very young city. It felt a a a very vibrant city, and a lot of yeah, it, it just was a. a reminded me I'm not that old reminded me of Dublin a few years ago where you know just Grand Canal was starting to get a hub and people started going into new areas it it was that type of you know things are gonna things are gonna happen um on that sorry I I lost my train I I, I, I just remembered I haven't been outside Dublin in so long (laughs) um yeah so you mentioned the tooling and, and how it feels it, it, is, is the product build very focused on it's obviously user focused and frictionless focused and, and that you know what way has that evolved say from your early prototypes in, into where you are now and what the next evolution is that because it's a web app mobile app you know it looks nice it feels nice but you have to keep innovating or, or, or somebody else will for you no absolutely I, like i think like for us the the you know, our experience in in working in businesses or B two B software and enterprise software mm. over the years has always been that like business software and enterprise software follows the, the trends of consumer software, 
albeit a little bit later um, in, in, in the cycle. And, you know, I think what we're starting to see now is that that gap between, you know, innovation on the consumer side and on the, the B2B side is is definitely tightening and closing. So, like, you know, you, you hear about startups like Clubhouse, for example, you know, talking about the drop in audio and things like that. And, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the number of startups popping up and the number of companies that you're talking to who are who are coming up with a strategy around drop in audio. You see their valuation today. Yeah, I know. Bonkers. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. But um yeah, and look, it's um, it's you know, all power to them. But uh, it's uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how 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 it pays out over time. It's um, yeah, but it's 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 a great. I think it's a really good example of like you know, any anytime I'm talking to anybody now, it's like they want to know about okay, like what's your strategy on dropping audio and on um and on audio as a as a cons mm. channel in general and so on, right? So. Like we, we, and it's funny because like we last year um, released a, a podcast uh, feature on the platform um, because we were seeing a lot of our customers and a lot of prospective customers talking about podcasts as a mechanism for reaching employees. Like, you know, typically and traditionally, I guess, podcasts have been primarily outward focused in terms yeah. of, you know, being used as a marketing tool for customers. Um, but in large organizations, like pod podcasts have become a medium um although they've been around for like donkey's years now at this stage it's like it, it does feel like over the last kind of two two years or three years that there's been a, almost a resurgence in in podcasts as a as a medium um and companies are starting to leverage that um to to reach employees in 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 new ways that you know that people working in companies are engaging with other content right so um so yeah it's it's you know we're seeing we're seeing really good companies like and and even companies you wouldn't expect, you know, so like, obviously you've got the likes of tech companies and, you know, I know even the likes of Vox Broad and Cork were, you know, they were doing an internal podcast years ago, but like even some kind of more traditional companies, like we'd have a, a, a customer who's an engineering company with, you know, a global network of, of employees, most of them deskless, you know, and, and working yeah. on, on site locations. Um, and, you know, they, they started their own internal, um, employee focused podcast, um, because, you know they were finding that pe there was a there was a real interest in it um from from their employee base so so yeah it's it's things like that and i think as i said like what we what we strive to do is is ensure that you know when we do start to see any um any kind of innovation happening in the consumer space we're immediately thinking about okay well like what does that mean for the enterprise what does that mean for um the b2b context and you know is there value there that we should be exploring and and, and looking at um as well as obviously looking at ways you know, of, of innovating for ourselves and all of that as well, right? But and and I'm guessing the innovation kind of hasn't stopped, especially the last kind of 12, 18 months, where uh, I'm guessing it's been, you know, you've gone, it's the business isn't that old, but you know, the half of the business you haven't been in kind of in the office technically. Um, but did that spur a lot of innovation where real time users i'm guessing it spiked with a lot of companies pushing people to engagement tools or in communication tools was there you know fail fast all that kind of stuff the last two years about pushing out features because they were on demand and, and voice obviously been one of them but just in general the last kind of 12 months probably been fanatic yeah no definitely and i think like what's what's been interesting has been how like it's kind of there's almost been like different like cycles of of how companies have been 
like adapting to the the, the changing nature of, of 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 their workforce through the pandemic and you know definitely early on we saw a bit of a rush of we just need tools like give us all the tools because you know we've we've got no office anymore everybody's all over the place and we don't know how to reach them so just yeah. give us all the tools and um and then there was a kind of a realization that okay we've got all these tools but like you know sometimes it's they're, they're not always creating you know a, a better work environment and you know it's like there was i think definitely towards the end of last year like a lot of conversations i was having with people um you know there was almost a collective feeling of like just burnout from yeah. being always on and you know like even even not even through like companies putting pressure on people to work you know late or anything like that it's just purely from they've got slack on their phone they've zoom on their phone and they can just join at any time and they're always just checking in to see what's going on and it's um so we, we definitely saw like you know a, a bit of um i think especially on the synchronous and the real time side of things there's a, a little bit of a backlash on you know like people not want like people almost having a fear of that kind of swoosh notification sound that they've got a new message that they need, need, need to look at um and i think that like that fit quite well with what we were trying to achieve because like we weren't trying to you know distract people or take people away from mm -hmm. what they were doing like we were trying to be to create a place that you could go to be informed about what was happening across the company and and to to be in the know about you know any developments or any good news that people are sharing and positivity and and so on and um, without you know having to feel like you always need to go in and check in it's like it's it's very much on your own terms and i think that message has you know has really resonated with with people that it's it's um you know it's it's not always about being always on and so on right so mm -hmm. but then i mean yeah like uh, in in terms of like innovating um in response to <clears throat> excuse me the growth and all of that kind of thing absolutely i mean you know we're we were seeing a lot of demand last year for um for the ability to live stream um within the platform so yeah, okay. sorry yeah no interesting i never yeah no and you know I, I, I like i think you know when like companies have you know they've looked at the the the, the tools that they would have used mm. previously to kind of get messages out there and to and to keep people in the know and it's like town halls and you know meetings and so on and it's like you, you can do yeah you can do them on zoom and things like that but it's you know there's 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 almost another aspect to it that that we found a lot of companies wanted to do the 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 concept of a of an informal update from you know the ceo or from mm. you know a leader or or from anybody um to to take people through um what's what's going on and and you know give give some insight into their day and 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 you know where we are on our goals and our values and so on so so yeah so live, like we 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 added live streaming capabilities to our platform uh, last year um very much in response to that demand um and yeah we're as i said we're like we, we definitely are um you know evolving the product as as time goes on and you know part of it's in in, in response to demand but but a lot of it is in in response to how we see people you know like how their use hmm. use of the product changes over time and and you know what they what they kind of levitate towards based on um new releases and so on so interesting um a couple of things you know, caught my ear in one of um, one of your articles that i was looking at and it was building a sustainable startup was something that you were pretty uh passionate about doing with work vivo is it you don't hear that that much um especially in technology um that's obviously come from your 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 past and, and what you wanted to do. 
did that set you up do you think for a, a a better business in essence like you were more focused on the revenue generating side you know client first getting the sales in i'm guessing early and building product that way is that you know you, you just don't hear it that much about you know make, caring about revenue I, I know one startup in dublin pretty big at this stage didn't care about revenues i don't know if they still do um and are you know pretty big on, on stephen's greens yeah no and and i think look you know even going back to my experience with my first startup it was you know it was very much a high growth kind of mentality right out the gate you know before we'd put a euro in the bank like we were telling investors that we were going to put 30 million euros in the bank you know it was like just classic like getting 100 steps ahead of yourself um thinking that you're going to change the world and it's like that's you know i think look to be fair like some people are really successful at using that model to to build a company and 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 you know i think especially with the, the way things are right now in terms of like the investment opportunity that people have with, you know, if, if, if you want to start a company and you want to go and raise investment and not worry about revenue for a while, that's like, it's, you, you can do that, right? Yeah. It's, uh, there's plenty of capital out there to support that. Um, but I think it was probably a combination of um, like my experience with, um, with the subwoofer journey where like, I'll be honest, I mean, I, I kind of felt like I was selling to two different entities at all times. I was like, on one hand I was selling like this like story of like what this company was going to become to investors and then i was trying to sell this other story to like prospective customers of mm. where we were today and it, i always found that you were kind of like it just felt jarring and i just I, I didn't enjoy it um and then the other the other thing i guess is our background and you know like, like in core hr like core hr was um was 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 a family run business for for many many years and it was a profitable business like since inception so like there was there's almost an element of that, I guess, in both myself and John's experience where, you know, we saw that kind of growth model where you you build on top of revenue and customers and bringing those in. And, you know, and, and if you can do that to a certain level, then, you know, you have a decision to make later on around, OK, do we take investment on and do we do we, you know, pour petrol on the fire and try and, and try and grow the same faster? Um, but, yeah, both like both of us definitely went in, you know, wanting to, I suppose, feel that we like that we were in control of the journey and the, the the pace of the journey and all of that and not getting ahead of ourselves and actually proving you know that we had a valid market and so on before we went off and and, and raised any external money so like we like and it's funny because even when even when we first did get investment um which was um the zoom's founder eric Wan um was uh was our first external investor like we we were introduced to him through a mutual customer and uh we we kind of went into a conversation you know just really excited to meet the founder of zoom and uh you know excited about oh could we do an integration is there some kind of partnership or whatever and you know like that conversation basically led to him asking to invest in the company and you know for us it was a total no-brainer like regardless of what path we went on we were like we wanted this we wanted Eric to be part of our story and, and, and our journey and to be a friend of the company. And, um, so, but what it did, I guess then as well, is it also, you know, kind of gave us sight of the fact that, you know what, like we're, we're doing well, like we were, we were essentially like just after breaking, even breaking small profit at that point. Um, you know, we can continue down this path and we can have a moderately successful business that, is profitable and you know myself and john will do well for ourselves and you will keep it pretty small and lean or you know like 
do we want to go and, and 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 take it up a notch and i think you know i've, I've had this conversation with a few people um b- before but like for me i think you know founders like have probably a number of startups in them but i think everybody has kind of one like one startup that has like a huge potential right and it's like and for me like it was very clear that like Bork Vivo is is that startup and it would yeah. be crazy for us not to 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 try and take it to its maximum potential so so it was it was that it was like it was almost like a you know people sometimes don't believe us when we say it like it was almost like a level-headed decision that yeah we're we're gonna go and we're gonna take investment now but um but yeah well, it's it, it I think sorry Gavin just yeah. to round out on your point I mean it, I I certainly feel that we've been able to make better decisions along the way because we've always felt in control and we've always felt like we were driving the agenda and um and I think you know that's been that's been a really important part of us kind of getting to where we are right now so yeah and that's what I was just going to say that must have allowed you to be a lot more authentic internally about what you're doing and why you know if you're adding a new feature and you're adding in the new two two teams or something like that it's a it's a business decision we need 16 people in here to to build out a product uh, and when this launches in 6 12 months we'll see the revenue factors in that and if we can add more people great if we if we can't we'll have to look at what happened and what went wrong yeah exactly. i'm guessing that allows your employees to believe the journey you're going on a lot more no definitely and it, it's it's funny actually because we so like we crossed the like the, the 50 threshold of employees there recently and we actually had five people start on tuesday this week um and they uh, i was talking to to, to one of the, the the people who started and we it was it was the morning after we had a session um where we so we have a weekly all hands essentially um where we we just talk through every aspect of the company so it's like 45 minutes mm. you know somebody comes on from from every part of the, of the business and gives an update in terms of like the good the bad and, and the ugly like yeah. what's going on um and you know one of the, the people who started was like wow like it's just so transparent like they're you know they can they know what sales motion we have they know marketing like they know everything that's happening in the company and i think like that's been very deliberate on our part like you know from our perspective it's you know if people are informed and people know what's happening then they're like better prepared to do their job effectively and, and more autonomously like we're not big believers in you know having tiers and layers of management structure and so on it's like you know if, if you bring good people in and you empower them then you, they'll they'll turn out good results right so it's um so yeah, no, I think it's definitely it, it it's helped us to foster, I think, a really good culture where it's it is very real, you know, and it's yeah. and it and as I said, it's it's the good, the bad, the ugly, you know. We're, we're very upfront with people in terms of like, you know, anything the good that's happening, but also with the challenges that we face, and um, and I think that's really important. Something I'm actually quite passionate about when when you mentioned onboarding, how's how was that for how many people have we onboarded in the last twelve months, and that must have been interesting, or eighteen months. Yeah, it's been, I'd, I'd say it's creeping up to 40 now, um, you know, so like when, like when we left the office, I suppose before the pandemic, I think we had 14 people um, in the company and, you know, we're, we're, we're well over 50 now. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been different, but I think like one of the things, like, I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of the things kind of worked in our favor with it with, with regards to, we started a company in 2017. So like we were like cloud digital native yeah. like right out the gate right so like it wasn't like we had networks and I actually don't even know what a server looks like in that business yeah you know like we don't, we don't have a phone system you know like there's like you know that kind of stuff right that we would miss um yeah. you know by going remote like really it was just a case of 
I still remember to this day, like um, saying to, to one of the engineering team, you know, would you mind bringing your laptop home tonight just in case, you know, like we'd, we're not back in the office and he was laughing at me. And, and two weeks later, sure enough, you know, I was like, well, we're actually not going to be going back to the office for a while. Um, Take your screens as well. Uh-huh. Take your screens as well. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that all happened in drips and drabs. It's, I, I remember coming in one day and actually seeing the office and it was like, it was like, um, it was like it had been looted or something like that. It was like chairs were gone, desks were gone, screens were gone. Everything was was just like a total mess. But um, but no, it's um, yeah, it, it's like so we we I suppose we've been fortunate enough from that perspective in that it was it was straightforward enough for us to kind of cut over to that type of atmosphere. But I think as well, like because of the nature of like what we do and and the product that we build and the and the like the vision that we sell to our customers, like we have to live that ourselves. Yeah. So you know, I think you know, one of the things that we've obviously had a very strong focus on over the last, you know, 15 months has been, um, or 13 months, should I say, um, has been like the remote, the whole remote um, experience and how our platform helps with that. So, um, so yeah, I, like we've been, you know, I, I heard somebody say a while back, um, I, I used to always use the phrase, you know, eating your own dog food. And they were like, no, 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 you, you can't say that. It sounds too negative. You're, you're supposed to say you're <laughs> drinking your own champagne. Um, so, so yeah, so yeah, we, we basically drink our own champagne and use WorkVivo to build WorkVivo essentially, right? So <laughs> yeah, proper user stories and proper feedback. Some feedback you probably didn't want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking of, of the last 13, 14 months hiring people, you know, as, 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 as you, as a, one thing that struck me, um, you, you mentioned you're still a very much a tech hands-on CTO. That doesn't usually bode well to a leadership capacity where um, a lot of people I would know in that capacity just like to be involved in the day-to-day heads down type environment where you clearly have to be heads up and, you know, wanting to be heads down. How, how is that? push and pull for your own self kind of worked over the last couple of years and then the probably the last 12 months has accelerated the the leadership aspects of that i'm guessing yeah no de- like definitely i mean even like within my own team gavin like it's gone from you know four to 20 people um over the over the past yeah. 12 months and you know when it's four people like you don't have a choice like mm-hmm. you you have to get your hands dirty and you know you have to get in and stuck in and and, and you know do a bit of everything um you know so and uh but no i mean definitely it's like i'd be lying if i if, if i said that it was like it was an easy kind of pathway right but it's um yeah i, I was laughing recently with with somebody saying like that you know I, I was hanging up my boots on the coding side of things and uh and you know i wasn't going to be taking on any any new projects and uh you know, they were laughing firstly because, you know, like they couldn't wait to get rid of me because, uh, you know, classic, <laughs> classic CTO who like doesn't have time to do something, but still thinks that they have time to do something. Yeah, I could um, do 20 hours. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your wife going, no, you can't. <laughs> so holding, ho- holding everything up on, on, on the one hand. Um, and then they were laughing at me because they knew like, you know, there's no way I'm going to completely jump out. Right. But it's no, I think it's, it's, it's look, it's important for me to like make sure that I'm focused on the right challenges as well, right? And I mean, like, I suppose it's 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 kind of interesting. And I think like what you said is like, I, I think you see it with technical co-founders a lot, right? Because like, I am passionate about technology. I'm passionate about coding. Like, I love being in the weeds. I love being in the thick of it. Um, and it can be hard to step away, but sometimes that's exactly what you need to do, right? In order to be able to actually grow the business. So like, you know, we've hired a, like 
really strong kind of leadership team recently. Um, you know, as I said, my own team has, has grown significantly larger and I've become more of a hindrance than a help um, in many cases. So, you know, it, it's like my role is, is evolving and changing and, um, and yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy with that. It's like, I, I have other, I have other ways of, um, of, uh, of, of scratching that itch, I suppose, in terms of just keeping myself in tune with, with tech without, you know, causing any problems internally at the, at the same time. Right. So yeah, I, I, um, I keep myself busy with, with, with projects and so on so that I can, um, I can kind of scratch that itch outside of, outside of the day to day stuff. I'll, I'll let you go in a couple of minutes. Last couple of questions. You mentioned hiring. How have you found hiring now? Are you looking further afield? Is remote now more of an option? Do you feel there's a better candidate pool or do you feel there's still a bit of a kind of a pool tightening or, or what way have you kind of found it? You've done well, obviously you've hired about 40 people, but you know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been, it's been interesting because I think like, Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we've definitely expanded like our searches. I mean, you know, we, we've like within our own team, like we have, um, people obviously all over, all over Ireland now. So like, you know, when we left, it would have been primarily Cork based, but mm. like we have people in Kerry, we have people in Waterford and Dublin, um, we've an engineer in Portugal. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've some guys who work with us in, in Poland as well. So like it has, it has dispersed geographically, um, for sure, like on the wider company level, like we've we've been hiring in the US as well so you know we have we have we have people up in California and Texas and Boston you know all over the place um so like remote has been a real enabler from that perspective in many ways but like that being said i think you know there's there's also been you know like we're like we're still relatively small um you know and we've been able to you know a lot of the people who we brought in are people we know and people who we've worked with before and we've been you know we haven't quite exhausted that network yet i don't think you know so it's been really kind of a mix of that as well as being open to to to, to remote and and to people who aren't in you know who, who who are never going to work in this office you know so yeah um and yeah i think that's worked it's worked well for us um and and, yeah. and would you have said you would would have went remote so quickly or has it just been you, you just had to embrace it and go this is now going to be normal because what i'm seeing in dublin or even some of our clients outside dublin is it's more actually outside dublin they're more than happy to now be remote first very mm. happily where actually ironically a lot of dublin clients are kind of saying well we'll still want two or three days in the office when everything gets back and maybe even four or five days so i don't know if it's a, a thing from outside dublin, dublin people business has still been quite like we're still a business if they're an office-based business while people outside are going oh we can get all this talent now from anywhere and just embrace it yeah it's um yeah it's 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 an interesting one i think i think um like for us like we, we didn't start the company as a remote first company like i mean yeah. you know like i mentioned zeit earlier on like they, yeah. they started as a remote first company um you know, I know like a good friend of mine, Connor Murphy is starting yeah. his company bridge at the moment. Like he's doing that complete. Like, I think he tweeted this morning how like he hasn't met 16 out of 18 yeah, of, his, of his team. Right. And it's, <laughs> it's, um, Shopping yeah, like, type that are completely remote. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it, I think it's definitely been different for us in that, like, so we didn't set out to build, you know, a 100% remote company. Um, but I think, you know, we, we did always know that we would expand, like internationally so like we always knew we were probably going to end up opening an office in the US and hiring people in different countries and so on so like I think like for us we we really enjoyed the kind of the early years of like all like 
being in the same location mm. and working in that kind of close-knit office environment um, and I think that was like really really helpful for us in the, in the way that we were working to get off the ground but I think you know going forward I mean like we we survey um, the team regularly to see you know what people want to do and yeah it's 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 definitely a, you know a mix it's you know people like and I think that's probably true in most places yeah. is that people like they like the flexibility of it but you know they they do want the option of being able to go to the office you know i think it's it's almost like the reverse of of before where sometimes like going to the office can be a little bit of an escape you know to, from from you know being like I, I think as well though i think what'll be really interesting when you know the world opens up again will be like a change in in kind of attitude around like what we consider to be remote like remote right now is work from home right yeah. but like remote isn't always work from home like remote can mean working in a co-working space or it can mean you know having an office um that nobody else is in and it's just you know it's a private office somewhere so it's or it could mean working in coffee shops or hotels or you know the things that people used to do before so i think it'll be really interesting to see like once things do open up again like what people actually want to do at that point but i mean certainly from our perspective like we don't have any like we haven't we, we were running out of office space when we, you know, when we went into the pandemic and we haven't gone and found any any new office space since. Right. So like we don't have any plans of like bringing everybody full time back to the office or anything like that. Um, as I said, mo like so many of the people that we've hired are like not in Cork anyway. So yeah. like they're they're not going to be working here. Um, I, so, yeah, I think I th there's a real I think there's a real value on the hub idea. And I, I, I don't know why more businesses aren't looking at that like you can hire three or four people saying carry and create a hub there Donegal yeah. and and have a a work kind of environment because that's the one thing I, I I see a lot of business myself as well the, the, the interaction with other colleagues and, and just having trying to create that that thing that you have as a business and the fun part of the, the job and not coming into your office every day working and closing the door and then going home like that isn't that's that's your job unfortunately but it's not the fun part it's not having the interaction so i i, I personally think that the hub idea where it, you know where people can just go to somewhere and that they can leave their office in mullingar and go to somewhere you know and be a part of work Vivo or wherever i, I personally think that's a great idea and that's you know, cheaper right cheaper than hiring a larger office anyway Absolutely, and I like. I think you know the the kind of the concept of the co-working space and 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 hubs where like companies can you know work alongside other companies and 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 have um, access to space and access to facilities and things like that without having to you know make capital investment in office space and so on. Right? It's like I think that like we, we like we we saw an element of that I think before the pandemic, but I, I do think when when we kind of get back into a situation where people can get out again i do think that they'll become like very very important because i think there's going to be a lot of companies who are just like us who like don't actually have the space yeah. um and and plus all you know they've been hiring like like crazy during the pandemic and and they don't like the people are all over the place so but i think it, what'll be really interesting is i think you know a lot of the times you look at co-working spaces and it's kind of very I know I know some companies do do have based out of those like traditionally but I think a lot of people have done it kind of on an individual basis as well where you decide oh I want to I want a hot desk you know I want to yeah. I want to pay for a flexible office um in, in in one of these locations um whereas I think I, what we'll start to see is a lot of that being driven more by companies where companies like need you know we need a minimum of four desks in this location you know 
for a year, like, you know, and, and kind of go long term, which will hopefully improve like the financial prospects for, you know, places like Republic yeah. of Work and Cork and Dogpatch and, you know, the all, all of these locations, which are fantastic facilities. And, you know, I think we'll hopefully see see more of them pop up as well. Well, I've worked out there's seven and a half thousand jobs announced in the last 12 months in Ireland. So, you know, there's going to have to be accommodations if you want the best talent. There's going to have to be accommodations. That's just, yeah. you know, if, if your best talent isn't in Dublin or it's somewhere else or it's not in Cork or it's in, that would be. So last question before I let you go, your funding round, how was that going through? Because I, I know there's some interesting stories, but going through it through a pandemic, and finding the right partners in, in different ways. How, how, how was that? Was that something that was an enjoyable experience or was that something that actually, you know, was what expected? And Yeah, so I, I think, so yeah, like one of the things is like we, we, we announced our funding round in May of last year, um, but we actually had closed the round prior to the pandemic. Okay, um, right. So we, we were on the brink of announcing and then, you know, the the, the newspapers were filled with headlines around, <laughs> you know, COVID and the world's shutting down. And, you know, we, we felt it wasn't probably the right time to be telling the world that, you know, you just you just put 15 million euros in, in, in the bank, <laughs> right? So um, so we held off on, on announcing it essentially at that point. But it, I think it was good anyway, because like, you know, we were trying to figure out ourselves in terms of like, what does all this mean for us? Like we, we were kind of in this weird situation where it was like an opportunity, but we didn't want to be opportunistic. Um, mm. And, you know, at the same time, like there was a real need there that we were, you know, well placed to service as well as, you know, like all of our own plans in terms of like, you know, as I said, going on the hunt for office space and how yeah. we were going to grow the team, like all of that had to change. Right. So, so yeah, it was, um, it, it kind of gave us a bit of time to kind of take stock and actually figure out what we wanted to do in terms of like deploying that investment. But, yeah it's it's uh, so yeah it, <laughs> we didn't raise like during the pandemic we, like we had a whole deal done and dusted um in february but um so yeah so <laughs> it's, and, it's and was it something you had planned to do or was somebody because like, I, I, I mentioned the obviously getting the first investment was it was it a let we need to raise x to, to get to y was that very much a because you've been very much you know being very conscious about how you were raising your money was it just we need this investment to get up here or we're just always going to be playing in here yeah it, 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 i think it, it comes it, it comes back to that that kind of fork in the road that i think we, we yeah. reached after we um after, after we met eric and and eric became an investor like when, when we reached that that fork in the road it was really a case of do we go down and continue down the path of the sustainable like you know reliable mm -hmm. profitable company that isn't going to be making headlines every week, but you know, is a successful company all the same? Or do we go down this other path where, you know, the opportunity is orders of magnitude larger, um, but requires, you know, investment and it requires an injection of like capital to inject speed and, and pace. Yeah. And and I think, you know, for us, like we saw that like the the, the level of growth that was there in the market and and the the opportunity that was there, like it was obvious to us that like you know if we were going to go like now is the time to go right it's yeah. and, and now is the time to do it so so yeah it just felt like the timing was right i think you know as as i said earlier like when we set out to start the business we we certainly didn't say yeah we're gonna you know build to to profitability and then go and raise money like it was we'll 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 this is how we're gonna we're gonna build the company as a sustainable profitable company we know at some point down the road if we achieve that 
we'll have a decision to make around where we go. Um, and and yeah, and I think like you know the, it's funny like. I often joke about the like I have I suppose dark enough memories of like chasing investors around <laughs> like around Europe um trying to get cups of coffee um to you know just doing anything to try and get them to take my call and you know um and and, and being on the back foot you know and, and yeah. like, you know running out of cash quick and like really needing money like and it was funny like I guess <laughs> in a way it was kind of it was almost nice being on the other side of the fence where like like when when we broke the news about like Eric becoming an investor, like there was this kind of swarm of interest from VCs, you know, this side of the, of the Atlantic yeah. and, and and in the US. He knows what he's doing with his business. These guys yeah. must be good. <laughs> it's like I yeah I mentioned Connor. Um, I remember Connor saying to me one time before, it's like you know like, like every company like who wants to raise money like needs a good signal um to send to the market <laughs> and like yeah I think look the founder of Zoom like investing in you is a pretty strong signal um to send and that was even before the pandemic right so um but uh but no so like that that was definitely like you know we we like definitely have i i have a background where that part of it felt like a, a big enormous challenge that you needed to, to to take on and you almost needed to gear yourself up for and you needed to think about things a different way and so on Whereas in this case, it was like it was an opportunity that was in front of us that we could choose to take or not take. And that made it a lot easier, I suppose, to take that leap in terms of going from, you know, the sustainable, profitable um, but moderate success path to, you know, huge opportunity on the horizon. Let's get some petrol and see what happens. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's been really nice speaking with you, Joe. Thanks, Mill, for your time. I know you're a busy man, so uh, I really appreciate the time. And uh, I hope to speak to you again. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks, Kevin. Talk to you soon. And that was Joe Lennon and CTO, co-founder of WorkVivo. Such an interesting story, doing phenomenal work, um, really quick pace. It's only two and a half years old, three years old. It's 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 phenomenal, uh, the amount of work they've done. Uh, if you've enjoyed that and you want to hear more, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or Spotify or Apple podcast. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.